warning. What you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described, cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces, it's exactly what you think it is. Pieces, absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. Hey everyone, this is Dan. Welcome to episode 8 of Pieces in Pieces, a minute-by-minute-ish podcast. Episode 8, hey, there we go. And this one I've gone a little broader than usual uh, because the previous minute, so it was a minute 24, ended with Willard and, jeez Louise, is Sergeant Holden, Lieutenant Bracken, Sergeant Holden? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. Sergeant Holden holding the the gun to Willard's head and in, in the pool, you know, I'll shoot, blow your brains out. Um, and so what we're gonna do is, I originally was gonna go a little shorter, but I'm gonna go to minute thirty in the English version. If you're watching it in Spanish, um, you'd be a little over thirty one minutes into it. I'm still I'm not a hundred percent sure what exactly that extra minute is. Some of you probably do, and you're sitting there every every time going, Dan, why don't you do a little more research? Hey. Maybe one day I will. Maybe one day I will. So uh, so, so this minute is going from, I'm going to blow your brains out or whatever with Willard, who isn't really in the next six minutes at all and is barely mentioned. I don't think he's mentioned. Uh, and that will go to the end of the uh, questioning in the dean's office when Kendall and, geez, Myron, I believe, Myron Schwartz, I think, are leaving the office and and Kendall has been given a card from the the um the, from Christopher George Lieutenant Bracken and and is um kind of looks back and the the final moments that this this minute will this episode will cover uh, at the end of minute 30 in the in the English version is you see the killer in his trench coat with his black shoes and everything walking down a hallway and you hear sort of some fun music rising up in the background Literally, you only get about two, three seconds of that at the end. So I don't even know. I'll mention that again at the end. But that's that's why I ended it here. We can talk about that in a moment. But let me play you a little sound clip from this. I won't play the whole thing. This is mostly people talking and interrogations and stuff. And we're going to do this episode. Well, I'll be right. Listen to this. Hey, listen, man. Do me a favor and don't mention it took you over half an hour to find me. The cops will have a heyday. So I don't think you saw it up, Susan. But where the hell were you? You know, Alicia, that blonde in anthropology? You made her, too? Wow, Kendall, how do you do it? I just whistle and they come running. So here I am with Kendall James, the campus son. Come on, goggles, I'm not that bad. So this is going to be the sort of episode that I do on occasion. I think I've done one already like this, and I'll probably do at least one or two more, where I will kind of, I'll have the minutes playing, and I'll talk about as as they go, just because there's a whole bunch going on in here, and I want to kind of cover it, and I do want to begin with the fact that the episode does... um, the the minutes um minute 25 does begin with willard with the look on his face you can never tell with willard he always looks like that when you look at his face you, you never quite know and sergeant holden is there and the the best thing about the end of that sort of brawl sequence is um mm, well actually the the two best things about that brawl sequence one one which you'll find out shortly um but one which is immediately apparent is that um the the cop who gets knocked into the pool, he's all right. We get a we get not a lengthy shot, but we get a few seconds of him climbing out of the pool. I have no concept of why they felt 
that I don't know if like a fo- like a focus group was like, what happened to the cop who got knocked on the bull? Is he okay? What's going on? Come on, tell us. I'm doing. There's a little bit of Shatner right there. What's going on, Spock? What's happening? The cop in the pool. Um, but yeah, yeah, I love that they they felt that at the end of this sequence, where a woman has been cut into what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like seven or eight pieces, and one major piece is or more, and one major piece is gone. I love the fact that they wanted to show us that a cop who we'll never see again, a character we only saw for the first time 12 seconds ago, we got to make sure that he's okay when he got knocked in the pool, which was probably the shallow end right there. So his butt probably hit the ground when he went in there. And um, unless it's like 20,000, no, 20,000 leagues isn't right. Unless it's it's like 30 or 40 feet you know, deep. That's a pretty deep pool. They dug, they just kept digging and digging and digging. And they actually built the building around this enormous pool that they dug, dug. And, but, but that, that doesn't happen. So, but, but yay. So that's the way it begins. And the, the other thing is the, is the moment where we just saw Kendall with like the, the, the plank trying to hit Willard, like six seconds ago, seven seconds ago. But in about a minute, you'll see Bracken turn to Holden and say, uh, find those two boys, which means Myron and Kendall, and, and, and I want to talk to them. Wasn't Kendall right there? Didn't Kendall bring them? Did, so so Kendall was like, he ran out, said, oh my God, a woman's been cut to literal pieces. The crazy gardener is in there. You got to stop him. They all rush in. They allow Kendall to rush in with them. But when it all wraps up, they just let him walk away. Hey, where'd that guy go who told us what was going on? It's Kendall. Let him go. He's cool. Yeah, it's Kendall, man. It's the guy from Pod People. We haven't made that movie yet. Stop. Stop right there. So so what we're going to do is I am going to sort of go through these uh, six, wow, five, six, seven, eight really six minutes this could be the longest um and like like i said the reason why we cover all this is because this wraps up the jenny slash susan murder depending upon susan in the english jenny in the spanish um and it um sort of established obviously willard's a suspect possibly kendall's a suspect um uh uh, jack taylor's character um the anatomy professor he's a suspect professor brown um, and and we see the dean and the thing and I, I decided to I decided to do all this because it takes us to the beginning of the next sort of vignette. I'm not saying this is like graduation day where the movie breaks itself into almost. I'd love to to someone to sit down and chart out the minutes of graduation day the way it breaks itself up into various vignettes, but. This being a sort of stalker slasher film, well, it is a slasher film, stalkery film. At the end of minute thirty in the English version, we begin the next stalking sequence, which may involve running around. What are you doing here? Or hilariously, not inappropriate, but goofy music on the Spanish version. Hooray! So so that that's why we end here, because I wanted to wrap up the Susan Jenny murder. I wanted to finish that, that the end of that sequence, which is just... Um, it's, it's so casually gross that I'd love it to bits. Hey, bits and pieces and pieces. I should have done that, right? I said that already. I should have done a pieces and pieces and pieces... Pieces and bits, pieces and bits and pieces and pieces, pieces and bits and pieces and pieces. Yes, podcast. I should have covered bits and pieces from later in the '80s, which isn't as fun. 
as uh, pieces, but definitely has its charms and its sleaze. So let us hop through the six minutes here. And we begin, like I said, the very uh, first minute does begin where you see the cop climb out of the pool. Thank God he's all right. And then you see this gory, the chainsaw is there, and you see this gory stack of of body parts, which have all been put in individual bags on top of plastic bags on top of another pile of plastic bags. And there's a mop behind them, and there's blood all over the place. And it really, like, when I think of pieces, I think the first time I realized, no, uh, I'd have to argue with myself here, because I... I, I've told you guys before, I wasn't able to watch films like this until late 87. It's like October of 87 when I was 14. I lost my fear of the dark. But before that, I had tons of horror books. And circa 80, late 86, probably early 87, I got Phil Hardy's Encyclopedia of Horror Movies, the first edition, which did have pieces in it. And once you hit the sort of mid-70s on and the book ended in 85 you they dismissed a lot of the movies now the movies they were dismissing was movies that i knew i'd absolutely love but i was too scared to watch pieces of one they dismissed but it was joe bob goes to the drive-in which was 86 i think i remember buying that book and absolutely love it i love i i'm not i'm not a viewer of the last drive-in um just because i find it very tough to sit down and sort of watch um Unless it's like a theatrical thing, or like a pre-planned thing at home, I always end up watching something else. So you know, like they did, he did recently. He's in like Troma's War. I think he did Cannibal Holocaust, which is to me brave, <laughs> and maniac, and blood-sucking freaks for heaven's sake. And um, but he loved pieces, and his review of pieces was that he discussed the gal who gets attacked with a chainsaw by the pool, and when they put her body on the stretcher, they have to stack it on the stretcher now that's not quite right because what they do is they stack like a a leg i think and and then at the end of the scene you see the guys kind of look at each other and go "Eh," and then they pick up the whole plastic sheeting thing and just set it down on the stretcher i don't even know how that would work i don't even know how a coroner would work with that but then christopher george's character lieutenant bracken says the coroner's not here yet to to professor brown have a look there so so you see this stack of bodies and there's something about it that's alternately hilarious and alternately grotesque um, to kind of the extreme, almost like a crazy-ass Japanese kind of what the hell am I watching sort of film, um, uh, like an organ or a guinea pig or or even like, you. oh my God, I'm watching a snuff film or something like that. But there's something about like this, just this stack of bodies. And, and the thing is, it's treated so... Everyone treats it so matter-of-factly. Like when the guys come in with the stretchers, they see the pile of body parts. Like, oh, okay, whatever. It's treated so matter-of-fact. It's not like all I can think of is the the, the like the what is it, the arm bouncing in Blood Cult during the shower sequence. Was like, it's great. It's a fun. It's an arm. It bounces a little bit. So what? You know, maybe my arm bounced a little when I just set it down here. I don't know that it would... I mean, it's a little more rubbery in Blood Cult. And I guess the rubbery, the, the joy here is that the first time you see them, it's such a quick cut that you can't get to it. And the second time, they're all in these bags covered with blood. And it's such a joy. And I mean, I think I see a bag with a kidney in it. It's a living, I guess. So let's... So, <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. This episode, I'm going to not go over long, but it's six minutes. So this is going to be longer than... Jeez Louise, in, in my previous Minute by Minutes, if I was, this would be like a 60-minute episode. I don't think this is going to be. This doesn't need to be. But um, tangents will be what tangents are. So you do get the 
the pile of body parts. And as I said, the, the stretcher team kind of comes in. And I, I do like the um, the photographer. The crime photographer has a bit of, uh, I'll just take random shots of this pile of stuff. How will that work? Yeah, sure. So then Professor Brown comes in. He comes in through the main door that we saw, like the fighting go around and talks to um, Lieutenant Bracken. And it's funny. It's like seeing Jack Taylor and Christopher George next to each other. Because like Jack Taylor, whenever I see him in a movie, I always think like, I don't know why I always think Eurocine or the female vampire. But, but that's what you'd be thinking. You know, you always think like, I guess Eurocine is kind of what I'm thinking. You, you think like this movie probably isn't going to be very good, but it's also probably going to be the best. Whereas when I say Christopher George, I think so many um, great TV movies and I think The Immortal and just so much fun stuff. And so it's great to see the two of them together. And obviously this is, uh, you know, a little bit before Mr. George passes on around the time of City of the Living Dead and uh, Mortuary. And um, both of which I have on Blu-ray. I should just do a Christopher George Blu-ray party. And, um, yeah. And it's fun to see the two of them together. And um, and I, I do like this scene because, yeah, the professor is, oh, whoa, the, it's crazy what you all have to deal with. And then I like that, like, um, I like that, like, Boy, this this is why you tune in. Aren't you aren't you glad you're paying your subscription fee to hear me say things like I like I like or I can I can't or whatever the hell it is I'm saying. But anyway, he comes in. I, uh, so so yeah, and so so the two of them are talking. And there's a brief moment. I want you the cor- and and the, the lieutenant does say the coroner isn't here yet, but I want you to have a look at something. I couldn't wait for the report. So so what's about to happen is kind of the lieutenant's fault. He really shouldn't be doing this. And I do like hey Hank, bring it over here. Um, because when it cuts to the professor walking over to the stretcher and looking at the the um, the the body part and then accidentally putting well I don't know accidentally it, it looks very deliberate when he puts his hand on the um, handle of the chainsaw why does he do that why would you do that I don't know that does really no one's ever told you not to do that I don't know that's just. <sighs> In the end, it doesn't actually mean anything. It's just another thing to make it a red herring kind of thing. Like, you know, um, Willard touched it, and now Professor Brown touched it. And are they the killers? Are they trying to cover something up? Or is it someone else? Or who cares? Um, but I like that he says, hey, Hank, bring that over here or whatever. And then when it cuts to the shot, there's nothing in the shop that's different from the previous shot. The chainsaw was already in the foreground of the previous shot, and the body part was already on the stretcher of the previous shot and the professor moves a little slow he might be tired maybe he's had a maybe he's had a long day you know putting the putting the thing on there um there's got to be something though with jack taylor and just working amongst his body parts well you know that kind of that kind of junk happens so so let us let us move ahead here and um professor brown does a great thing because when he leaves he leaves out a different door. So apparently they ask him to be there, come there real quick and have a look. And then they immediately, and then when he leaves, he leaves through a different door. And then you get the moment with the pathology or the, the, um, the, the guy with the guy, the guy with the guy with the guys with the stretchers basically kinds of, um, uh, waves and says, okay, let's, uh, and then they just throw the, all the body parts on top of the, the thing. Um, and the uh, crime photographer takes another shot of it as if that, um, 
as if that means something. Uh, there you have it. So, um, so we leave the crime scene in Susan Jenny's body. Uh, we will be encountering more of Susan and Jenny's body later on. So, Lieutenant the Sergeant Lee, some sort of dark shape seems to run by a doorway. Although I don't know that. Uh, I guess that the killer. I don't know. It's interesting in that the. This is a scene where there's a brief scene, so it's tracking tracking shot with um, uh, Bracken Holden walking down the the, the um, hallway, talking about how creepy this is and how strange this is, and how he wants to um, the tenant wants to put in some undercover agents, some some women here undercover to, to figure out what's going on. They're okay, and that's the scene. The scene ends, you know. And they also mentioned that they're getting Kendall and uh, was it Myron uh, who Kendall calls goggles. Because he has glasses um, uh, over there, and there's a um, and it's interesting because as they're as they're walking down the hall, if you watch the Spanish version, the dialogue is much um, is 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 better, I think, uh, because so, you know they see someone running by, uh, uh, the tenant sees someone walking by, and I don't know what's going on, and Holden says like I feel like someone's watching me, yeah, and they discuss it, whereas in the English version, which is what they're speaking, so it's kind of the, as it were, correct version, because it's not the dubbed over version, there's just a weird thing where like, this case gives me the creeps, yeah, what's he doing with all these body parts, yeah, that's why it's creepy, uh, which is just is kind of an awkward <laughs> scene and um, an awkward series of lines, and it's it's almost like, um, well no, Dick Randall wrote the script with, no, I was going to say it almost feels like it was written by someone like who didn't speak English and then they had them say the lines but then when they got them to the dub in Spanish they're like ooh that's awkward we'll fix it and it's 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 less awkward in the Spanish dialogue but it's slightly more awkward because it's clearly not what they're saying so there you go so we're going to put some undercover agents in here it's going to be fantastic we're going to go talk to the dean Kendall and Myron will be there and then it immediately cuts to Kendall and Myron and they seem to be I don't even know where they are they're, I think they're near a copier or they're near something or I don't know where they are for, for, um, the edge of a the, the, the thing I love about the scene with Myron and Kendall when the cop shows up and says be at the dean's office in half an hour is there's a in the Spanish and the English version there's a slightly different emphasis on you know um, be at the dean's office in half an hour um, the tenant would like you to be at the dean's office kind of thing but the, the thing about it is it's it, they they seem to be in sort of I don't know where they are like a loading zone somewhere in the back of the college but the thing is I, I love the fact that Myron and Kendall are talking Kendall immediately say, says goodbye to Myron Myron begins goggles begins to move away and then when the cops come in and starts to talk to them it looks sort of like they're in a strange unfinished set somewhere and it also looks like Kendall is reading the script for pieces. Have a look. And I, I love the concept that not only does it look like they're in an unfinished set and maybe one actor is saying goodnight or something to another actor, but suddenly, like, the director thought, Ooh, that's perfect. Mm, the mise-en-scene is, is right on board. Send a cop in to talk to him. And because it really looks like we're standing sort of offset in an unfinished area of the studio and we just sent an actor in to talk to you guys in character while one of you is examining your script. I think it's very amusing and the fact that Myron doesn't seem to be able to close his mouth is um can be troublesome. And and look at look at look at um look at Kendall in his outfit and whatever. So so then we cut immediately to the dean being sort of questioned 
as it were, by um, by Bracken and Holden, and and Bracken is very much, you know, um, and it's it's great because it's it's um, you know, it's you you surely you don't suspect. I I think in the in the Spanish version, it's certainly you don't suspect a student or a faculty member. Whereas I think in the English, it's you don't suspect one of my faculty, one of my staff, do you, Lieutenant? It could be anyone. It could be anyone. And they want to put two police women in there to kind of go undercover um possibly to um be killed and find out what's going to spy on everybody the dean is so the dean is very um yeah that maniac is going to kill again as bracket said but the dean is it's yeah, i'm not going to spoil anything but the, yeah the dean is um the the, the dean does uh, during this during this these minutes the dean has several times where he's like um that's very spying on everyone no no lieutenant no and then a little later on it's it's um um is this really necessary and then he backs down immediately both times so he's um he has his convictions but he's willing to you know be discussed with as it were not disgusted but be discussed with so at this point lieutenant bracken wants to talk with the secretary and myron kendall you get myron kendall you learn why kendall um kendall was why he was a, a late get where he went to during that half hour he wasn't killing susan or jenny he was having sex with alicia the blonde from anthropology and um the dialogue in the english version is much more funny than the dialogue in the spanish version so i would say stick with that the campus i'm here with kendall the campus stud i just whistle and they come running so the customer and the, and, the, and, the, and this episode will end with um <clears throat> we're in the in the room and we're with uh and, and it's kendall and myron and sergeant holden lieutenant brack and grace and the dean and we're all discussing all of this and it's it's kind of much ado about nothing, um, uh, it, it, which which kind of will make sense in the end. But right here, it seems kind of it seems kind of a foolish bit of detective work because you know it's it's a thing where the killer gave a le- left a letter in the dean's office and Grace got it and gave it to the dean. The dean read it and it was sent to Kendall via Myron, and the the note said was from Susan slash Jenny. I guess it said, don't go to the pool. I'm a little vague on what exactly the note said, but but as we see in here, Kendall thought it was fishy, so he went to the pool anyway. was found out was going on. So it was specifically... So the killer was picks up the note, reads it, writes Kendall a note. For some reason, leans visited the dean off, dean's office. The dean gets it to Kendall, and the killer's note, which presumably was in similar handwriting to Susan or Jenny's, um, says, don't go to the pool. But Kendall, it's fishy and stuff like that. It's a little... You came up across a lot of things like this in in uh, Spanish, European, Italian horror films at this time, these weird contrivances that... Um, don't quite fully make sense i mean if you if you try to wrap your head around too uh, too much um it doesn't fully make sense but if you know the ending it makes a little more sense but it still is a little weird um because you yeah, obviously well, yeah obviously what's happening is the killer has has marked out the next pieces he needs it's her she knows where she he knows where she's going to be alone and so tries to get kendall out of the way but kendall unfortunately goes down there so there you have it and kendall is like it was something fishy something was weird about it that's why i went down there and the, and the minute ends basically or the minutes end with um um 
Myron has nothing to say, and Kendall is handed a card by the lieutenant saying, come down to the station, someone there wants to talk to you. And then, like I said, Kendall gives him a little look, and the whole six minutes end with Kendall kind of looking back and uh, some fun music playing, and something, something great is going to happen. If you have the Blu-ray, you can hit and hit subtitles for the English version, and it says right at the very end of minute 30, rhythmic pop music playing holy jeez get excited get excited now so that that's the six minutes here it's ba- it's basically kind of clean up and introduction it's it's end of jenny susan it's is professor brown um a suspect what about willard is kendall a suspect um we're gonna bring on police women uh kendall someone wants to talk to kendall at the police station it's kind of assembling everything kendall's a campus stud you know and and we haven't actually seen him do anything with any ladies but um Certainly he has the notes and the anecdotes to back himself up. So that's, that is Pieces and Pieces, Episode 8. Thank you so much, everyone. So we're 30 minutes in, hooray! So we're going off of, like, like I said, the, the Spanish version at this point, we're a little over 31 minutes. Here we're 30 minutes in. And this, this uh, the English version is 86 minutes. Well, hour and 25 minutes, 32 seconds is what I'm looking at right here. So we still have, we still have quite a bit left. And I don't know... You guys and gals and Midnight Pals know where the next few minutes are going. I don't know if the next episode is going to cover all these minutes, but it might. And I just, I just ask one more time. You're running around. What are you doing here?